Hi everyone, Sandman here. Most men in the manosphere can agree that feminism is negative for men because it promotes female superiority in politics, education, economics, and almost every single aspect of human society. Some would go as far as to say that feminism is gynocentrism revealed in its most naked form and exposed for the entire world to see. Gynocentrism is covert female nature, and feminism is overt female nature. The men's rights movement fights feminism, but it embraces gynocentrism at the same time by welcoming in women into the movement, as well as traditionalists. The MRM only exposes half-truths, and many men's rights organizations, but not all of them, use women as human shields to protect themselves from unpopular views. And at the same time, some of the women in such organizations use these organizations to gain status or personal attention for themselves. It's like two parasites feeding off each other. Or it's like the Polish blanket trick, where you increase the length of the blanket by a foot by cutting off a foot from the bottom and then sewing it on the top. No offense to the Polish men out there. However, MGTOW on the other hand fights both feminism and gynocentrism, or feminism light as I'd like to call it. Gynocentrism is after all a very large component of traditionalism. Well before the Industrial Revolution, women needed to make themselves out to be fragile or delicate pretty flowers or beautiful jewels in order to avoid many of the heartbreaking and backbreaking chores humans had to do before fossil fuels and electricity. They had to cover their bodies in long flowing dresses to protect themselves from the elements as well. Now that these manual labor chores are much easier to do, thanks in part to men and the technologies that we invented, women no longer need to play up on their fragility. They no longer need to pass themselves off as being passive. Instead, feminism has made women aggressive with regards to what they want. And they're free to do so because there are relatively little consequences to being a feminist in Western countries. But now that men have found MGTOW and are leaving the plantation, feminism faces a crisis that will most likely destroy it because at the end of the day, most politically active feminists are young women in their teens and 20s. They often play feminist for about five years as well as taking women's studies. And then they get married after riding the cock carousel and studying women's rights. But now I want to talk about a more personal story about gynocentrism and its full, subtle, and covert nature. This past weekend I was at a family gathering, and people were asking me when I was going to get married. And they were saying it as if it was a given factor in my life. And it was mostly the males that were harassing me about marriage. And many of my parents' friends who were at this party have children of their own, and many of them are dating in their 20s. And some of them even have grandchildren that are starting to enter into their early teen years. Some of these family friends haven't seen me for well over a year, so they're asking me about what happened to my ex-girlfriend. And I told them we aren't together anymore. I was in a room full of people that were all paired off, except for me. And I was the one black sheep in the family. And all of the men are probably paired off because they like getting sex and home cooking on a regular basis. And the women were there because they enjoyed the protection and provision from their husbands. Not to mention the fact that they wouldn't want to be alone at their age. During the dinner, one woman didn't seem to like what I was saying. And I could tell by her gynocentric facial expressions that she didn't like me talking about female nature. I was talking about coffee and alcohol prohibition in the past, and women entering male spaces. As well as how Tinder and online dating are bringing out the bad side of women to the surface. Her husband was amused by what I was saying, but she wasn't. And he found it very fascinating. And I knew full well that their grandchildren were about to start entering the dating years. Later on in the evening, that same woman that was upset with me earlier saw me open a bottle of wine, and I was having a little bit of trouble getting the rubber cork off. And at that point she said the reason I wasn't getting married was probably because I couldn't open a bottle of wine properly. 
She probably waited all night for her chance to get back at me for entertaining her husband and talking to him about the oppression of men and gynocentrism. Although I didn't use that particular word, gynocentrism. I didn't get upset at what she said. I just thought about how sad it was to see people in a room together because their wives had organized the event and they were obligated to be there. They had very little say in the matter. And none of the women there could be classified as feminists. But they were all gynocentric. And gynocentrism is a more subtle, older, gentler, sister of feminism. Feminism is the loud, obnoxious teenager or girl in her early 20s. That's why the majority of women at slut walks are usually that age. Because they're still young enough to unleash their gynocentrism at full force and intensity onto society without having to deal with the consequences. The consequences being that men would find them too aggressive to date and marry. Many lesbians also stay lifelong feminists because they don't have to worry about reducing their overt hostility towards men because they aren't planning on being in a relationship with a guy. And now that feminism is being revealed for what it is, the vocal and militant wing of female nature, the older sisters of gynocentrism are coming out and saying that we need to tone things down before men figure out that the vast majority of women are actually closet feminists. But the backlash against feminism is inevitable. What I'm more interested in is creating a backlash against gynocentrism itself. We have women fighting feminism, but as of yet we don't have women against gynocentrism because that would mean that women would fight against her own self-determination and fight against her nature to subjugate men. Women are evolved to use subtle social manipulation to get what they need and want from men. This is one of the ugly truths about human nature. And I've only ever met one woman that wasn't like this. And even with her, I fear that she might actually become like this in the end. One of the worst things about gynocentrism is how it attempts to monopolize a man's time. When a man is in a relationship and works full-time for a company, and has a free day off, usually he's not able to do what he wants on that particular day. Instead, he has to do family gatherings that the female partner plans. The life of a married man or one in a relationship is not his own. His time is not his own. Everything that he's worked for can potentially not be his own anymore. His life essentially belongs to the woman that he's with. This is the horror of gynocentrism. Self-determination is replaced with idle chit-chat at dinner parties with other guys. And all of these dinner parties and family get-togethers are a constant form of reinforcement that if a man doesn't get into a relationship and marry, then he'll end up all alone. But now that the MGTOW community is growing, there will be more men than ever that can communicate with each other and no longer have to be completely alone. Gynocentrism keeps men slaves throughout their lives, first by attaching them to their mothers, then when they go to school with other female children, and then when they work and they're surrounded by female colleagues, and then eventually they marry, and again, the cycle repeats. Everywhere a man goes, there's always a woman to police his behavior, thoughts, and nature. Everywhere he looks, there's a collective of Gestapo women ready to pounce on whatever he says. If he steps out of line in his relationship, he loses his family, his friends, and other people in his life. He's left all alone and isolated. And that's why I believe men kill themselves after divorce because of the loneliness. And that's also why I believe that most men jump from girl to girl or from relationship to relationship. Because men have never been alone from women before. And I think the idea scares most of us. But once we've tasted the alone time from women, the game is over. Women lose. Men are treated like five-year-olds in this particular culture. And they're under constant supervision by the female hive. Even if you join the army, you can't get away from women completely. Now I'm going to share another example of gynocentrism in action. Earlier this year when my grandmother died, my ex-girlfriend sent my parents a condolence card. To the untrained eye, she was trying to prove that she still cared about them as well as my grandmother. 
My ex is also in contact with my brother's fiance, as well as all the other women that she met through me. My brother's fiance has cut off all communications with me, and also cut off my brother from me as well. But my brother and I don't really get along, so she's actually doing me a favor, because my brother can be mean and nasty. But these are the consequences of gynocentrism for me. I break up with my ex and lose a connection to my brother, because my ex still talks to his fiance. When I broke up with her, she even went as far as to leverage her social capital by saying this to me. Won't you feel bad that you won't see my friends and relatives ever again, in your entire life? And don't you feel bad that I won't see your family and friends either? These are the consequences of how women have always enforced gynocentrism. Feminism and gynocentrism attempt to enforce workplace activities. If you criticize or abandon women publicly, then you'll pay the price by losing your job. And if you abandon or leave women in your personal life, then she will work to make sure that other people in your personal life also abandon you as well. Gynocentrism basically dictates your social life. Men don't have social capital, and most men won't help each other out. We are alone in our financial and social lives, and the sooner we accept that, the sooner we can get over thinking we need female supervision in our lives all the time. Men give each other advice as well as knowledge, and we teach each other, and that's why the power of social media has been amazing, and why MGTOW YouTube channels have been a lifeline for many men, including myself. Without MGTOW, I would have gone back to seeking out a relationship to slot into, and would have wasted more of my life. But the online MGTOW space allows men to have that online community more than ever. Vench and MGTOW and Louis Marco are just two of the MGTOWs that show their faces and talk about how they live their lives in front of the camera. This, I believe, is the next wave of MGTOW. Louis Marco mentions that he doesn't have to live in fear anymore because he makes his living away from the status quo and away from having a corporate drone job. Vention also had to deal with someone doxing him recently, and it highlights a major issue for the MGTOW community. Even when other MGTOWs accept us, socially women see us as a threat to their control over other men, as well as their male supervision. Financial independence for a man where he won't risk losing his job, if he says he's a MGTOW, is the holy grail for men going their own way. If other MGTOW can accomplish what Louis Marco has, then we can become more vocal and show our faces. Financial independence should be priority number one for men going their own way that have YouTube channels. The internet in the online manosphere is our new hope, and hopefully the start of men truly freeing themselves from gynocentrism. What do you guys think? Anyways, that's all I've got to say on this particular topic. Thanks again for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.